been one year since the coronavirus pandemic began impacting every part of our lives, including the things we like to do for fun, like going to a ball game, going to the movies, and going out to eat with friends. On this episode, we're joined by San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on our local restaurant and lifestyle scene and where things stand 12 months in. The mayor will talk to us about what it'll take to rebuild the small businesses that make San Diego so special, the businesses that make our communities feel like home. We'll also talk about the latest pandemic changes for local breweries, wineries, and distilleries, plus touch on the tier system and break down how the government's COVID-19 relief bill will help restaurants. You know, it just brings me joy to see people out about. I think there's a larger social benefit to activating our streets, bringing vitality to our neighborhoods, and letting us imagine what more we can do. You are listening to our Scene in San Diego podcast. Hey, Candace, how are you? Hi, Monica. Good, thank you. How are you? Good, doing well. So we have so much to talk about today, plus our very special guest, so we're going to get right into it here. Our first order of business here is California's tier system for reopening the economy and how it has changed this week for San Diego County. California public health officials said the state has reached its goal of administering more than 2 million vaccines to vulnerable zip codes. And with this equity metric being met, counties like San Diego have been able to shift into less restrictive tiers this week in the state's reopening plan. So this week, San Diego County went from the purple tier into the red tier, which comes with looser restrictions for some businesses, including restaurants. San Diego County restaurants can now allow indoor dining, something they haven't been able to do for months. They have to follow some rules, though, the big one being that they can only serve at a maximum of 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is fewer. And a shift into the red tier also impacts businesses like museums in San Diego County, which can now reopen indoor operations also at 25% capacity. And I know places like the San Diego Air and Space Museum reopened this past week, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a bit more about museum reopenings in San Diego over the next few days and weeks. And for movie theaters, the same thing goes under the red tier. Indoor service is allowed now at 25% capacity. And then as far as gyms go, they can resume indoor service with modifications, and that includes a 10% capacity. Candice, what are you hearing from local restaurant owners about the shift into the red tier? Are they more than ready after so much back and forth? You know, I think most of them are just really excited to get their indoor dining rooms going again and to hopefully start bringing back more of their staff. Yeah, I bet. Okay, so tiers, check. Now, what else is new uh, in terms of some new changes and rules for breweries, wineries, and distilleries, Candice? A huge, huge change recently, right? Yes, some very welcome news for those businesses across California, including many in San Diego County. So last week, the California Department of Public Health updated its reopening guidance to allow for breweries, wineries, and distilleries to operate outdoors without having to serve food. Effective on March 13th, Californians are now able to grab a beer without also having to buy food. And this is the first time that that's been allowed in many months. In 2019, our food costs were $14,000 for the year. This last year in 2020, they were over almost $50,000. It's just been um, kind of a 
a roller coaster. Like one day to the next, you don't know what's going on. Right. And if you'll remember, breweries, wineries, and distilleries had, up until now, only been able to open outdoors if they operated like restaurants. And that meant serving food on site on the same tab as drink sales. So that was a lifeline for some of San Diego County's craft brewers for months and months. And for some of them, the only way that they were really able to keep their doors open throughout the pandemic. Now, these changes from the state do come with some rules. So this is important. This is going to change the way that you visit breweries and wineries and distilleries locally here. Patrons have to make reservations ahead of time, and they can only visit a brewery, winery, or distillery for a maximum of 90 minutes. Right. And these businesses are required to stop serving at 8 p.m. daily. This change doesn't really impact breweries and wineries and distilleries that are already serving food. They can keep operating as a restaurant under whatever tier restrictions the county is under. However, the change does not apply to bars under either the purple or red tier. So we definitely think that this will make a difference for the craft brewing community here in San Diego. The restrictions are still there, of course, but at least it's something. And some places may, of course, opt to keep serving food because maybe that continues to be good for business. Maybe that's one of those pandemic changes that sticks around and, um, you know, it's beneficial for them. So we'll have to kind of see how they adapt to this change. But one thing's for sure, it's probably good that these places have more options now. For us, it's a little bit different because we have such a large open space. So we want to keep our food option. That also doesn't confine us to having to just seat people for 90 minutes. They can stay longer and we don't have to close at 8 p.m. A lot of these smaller food vendors actually started because of COVID. So, you know, who am I to say, oh, sorry, we're not we're not going to use you anymore, you know. And they scrambled. A lot of them lost their jobs during COVID. Another huge change for the restaurant industry comes from the government's recent COVID-19 relief bill. The bill adds money to the Paycheck Protection Program and also gives direct help to restaurants across the United States in the form of $28.6 billion in grants and funding. Now, those grants will help restaurants whose revenue fell in 2020 as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. To be eligible for the restaurant grants, companies can't own more than 20 locations and can't be publicly traded. The bill sets aside $5 billion for the nation's smallest restaurants, too, those that make $500,000 or less per year. Sean Kennedy, the executive president of the National Restaurant Association, told the Associated Press last week that this is a win for the industry and said this is going to help keep doors open for the smallest and hardest hit restaurants across the U.S., Of course, many restaurants in San Diego County are hopeful the bill helps their businesses get out of the hole. Uh, I think it's uh, one uh, step towards getting back to how life was before everything, you know, kind of went awry with the pandemic. And this is a perfect segue into our conversation with San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria, who dropped by our podcast this week to talk about all things related to local restaurants and the pandemic. We're going to share that conversation with you now. Thank you so much, Mayor Gloria, for for joining us today. We're very, very excited to have you on our podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for including me. Yes. So we wanted to kick things off uh, by having you tell us a bit about your Back to Work SD, the the blueprint that you rolled out a couple of weeks ago to strengthen San Diego's economy. And we were hoping that you could specifically tell us a little bit about how it will affect restaurants and San Diego's lifestyle scene and how it'll take those things into consideration as our 
city starts to rebuild from the pandemic? Sure, Monica. Um, so back to work SD was something that uh, we worked on actually last year uh, in the middle of the mayor's campaign. Um, you know, it was obvious between the pandemic and the resulting recession that we needed a, a blueprint, as you say, uh, for what we would do to put San Diegans back to work. And what I did was bring together an incredibly diverse group of San Diegans from really all walks of life, public and private sector, uh, all different parts of our community, including uh, the restaurant community, to say, what can we do as a city uh, to sort of lead a local stimulus effort? And we were successful in the election. We are here now. And I think what you're referencing was uh, my explanation of what we would do uh, with the dollars that the federal government at that time was considering sending us and now have or now will be um, in the under the President Biden's uh, stimulus package. So what we can do specifically for restaurants, again, this is informed by actual restaurateurs and other folks who work uh, in the industry, um, is provide some certainty. I mean, I think that that's what most I hear from the industry is the concern. You know, are we open or are we closed? You know, today as we're talking, we just got the thumbs up from the state to uh, reopen for some portion of indoor dining. That is great news. I think from a city's perspective, what we have to do is be uh, very um, uh, customer service oriented, just like our restaurants are, and making sure that we are issuing permits in a timely fashion, that we're keeping fees and costs to a minimum or eliminating them. Uh, because really, the city can be in a position of saying yes to allowing a business to open its doors, to expand its hours, to hire more people, or we can say no to all those things. And what I'm saying in this plan is to say that we need to say yes a lot more than we say no. And then the strategic places where we can make modest financial investments, that we should make those investments, recognizing that, as you mentioned, the pandemic has hit every part of our economy, but it's been particularly hard on our hospitality industry. And we know that this is the part, the sector of our economy that is likely to be the least, uh, sorry, the last to recover um, as compared to other parts of our economy that have never really been impacted or um, will come back much quicker. With indoor dining returning and hopefully expanding as San Diego continues to, to move in the right direction, do you have any concerns? Are you going to be stepping up enforcement of, of health and safety regulations? Um, I, I don't know that I have concerns. But I have a tremendous belief in San Diegans uh, in their willingness to adhere to the law. Um, and we've seen that already. You know, Even during the closure, the vast majority of businesses um, either accepted the reductions or accepted the closure because they understood that that's the law and we're at, at our core, a nation of laws and we must abide by them. Yes, there were a handful of folks who chose not to do that. And uh, our posture has been to enforce the law. I Mind you, you know, as businesses reopen, they will undoubtedly come across these folks who are choosing to break the law, who will try and skip a check, who will uh, vandalize their property, who will disrespect or maybe assault their employees or whatnot. And they will call and they will expect a response from the city. And we will provide that response much in the way that we will provide a response if folks are choosing to ignore either county or state directives. Uh, but Kansas, to answer your question, I don't have that fear because what I have seen is a willingness to adhere. And we will take the handful of cases uh, where people are choosing to disregard the law and we will force on those appropriately. Very good. So, Mayor Gloria, um, over the course of the last year, you know, San Diego restaurants, they've adapted so much to the pandemic, uh, the push and pull that we talked about. And, and they've started including things like, you know, to go alcohol, you know, outdoor dining and parklets, things like that. And over the course of our podcast, we've talked to so many restaurateurs who have said, you know, these are welcome changes. These are 
things that are helping our business and we kind of want them to stick around. So do you think that some of those things will stick around even after the pandemic is over, you know, just as ways to help businesses rebuild? Yes, I do. And, uh, you know, I forgive me for being humorous in this time, but I often have said when asked that question, good luck to whoever wants to repeal that. Uh, I like to see how it works out for them because uh, the public has clearly said that they want these things, they enjoy them, they're making use of them. And after all that we put up with in the last year, how could we take that joy back from people? And probably importantly, from a practical perspective, I think what we're going to see our customers continue to have some hesitation, right? Who are going to continue to have some level of concern of going out as they normally would have, you know, back in uh, 2019. Um, and so we still have to have these bridging efforts um, to uh, allow these businesses who are able to come back into business to continue to be successful, recognizing some portion of the market is not going to come back at least not quickly. Um, and then lastly, you know, from the outdoor dining perspective, I think that has brought just tremendous vitality to so many of our neighborhoods, something that I think we would miss if it were to go away tomorrow. So what we're doing about that is my administration is working to try and take what has been an emergency posture. Many of much of what you see today um, is there on a temporary basis because of the emergency health orders. Um, and what we want to do is to provide the rules for the road to make these things permanent going forward. I'll tell you that some of what we have done, you know, maybe sort of not necessarily been ideal. I'm thinking about like stormwater, right? How, do, how does stuff blow through the gutter when the gutter is occupied by dining spaces or um, safety? You know, a lot of this has been done relatively quickly. Are there ways that we can ensure public safety greater? These are the kinds of conversations we will have with the industry to make sure that as we transition from an emergency response posture to a permanent community amenity posture, that we do this the right way. Um, but we are already doing that work today um, in anticipation of being able to get back to some level of normalcy. Again, recognizing the public has spoken and they like to go cocktails and outdoor dining. <laughs> yeah, like, I think yeah. the parklets have also like reminded us how lucky we are to live here, right? Like even in the winter, we can use some of them, you know, sometimes. So it's just kind of like a nice reminder. That's so true. Yeah. And again, I just as a as someone who lives in one of our urban neighborhoods, you know, it just brings me joy to see people out and about. And, um, and we know this had economic benefits, but I think there's a larger social benefit to activating our streets, bringing vitality to our neighborhoods and letting us imagine what more we can do. Give you an example. You know, right now we are uh, working on uh, going the next step beyond that. You talk about parklets, but the next step is strategic street closures. And whether it's the restaurants and the gas lamp quarter, he said, you know what? We think we can shut down Fifth Avenue at minimum, maybe on weekend nights, but maybe just permanently, totally. Uh, Normal Street in Hillcrest or where the Pride Plaza is. These are areas where I think it's not even going to be about maintaining our emergency posture, but really going on the next step and really creating a civic asset. And I want your viewers, your listeners uh, to think about what we've done with the Piazza della Famiglia um, in Little Italy, where we took uh, the former Date Street and converted it into a public piazza and how incredible that has been. And importantly, how helpful that has been to those restaurants that needed that outdoor space uh, to work during this time. Think about what else we can do. That's, again, taking that vitality that we're currently seeing in a very um, uh, organic way and much uh, and having to be much more deliberate about it and much more curated about it so that we can create new civic assets like that piazza, like Waterfront Park and County, uh, the county building, like so many other places where we reclaim these spaces for the people and they've loved it. You know, you talked about um, the hospitality industry, you know, 
potentially being slow to bounce back from all this. And we, we talked to the president of the local chapter of the California Restaurant Association who said he thinks that it might take two years for the San Diego restaurant industry to fully come back from all this. Do you, do you think that's accurate? And what, what do you think the future in San Diego looks like for restaurants and a new restaurant? So I don't have data to necessarily inform my opinion, but my gut says that he's right. And I would certainly defer to the to the expert that's involved, right? The president of the restaurant association, great guy. Um, you know, I, I think he would know what he's talking about. What I know, though, for sure, is that from a city perspective, from our city's finances, we have been hard hit by the pandemic. Every hotel room that is unoccupied is tourism taxes that don't come to the city's coffers, which means dollars that we don't have for libraries, for road repair, for firefighters and lifeguards. So I know that we are going to be in this sort of defensive economic posture for a couple of years. It just takes us a while. Uh, so we, we historically always follow after a recovery about, by about a year or so. So I know that's going to be the case for us. I suspect it'll be very similar uh, for the Restaurant Association. And, and that's, that's a sad thing. This is why a part of my administration, uh, we have been uh, promoting a campaign of Shop Local SD to try and encourage San Diegans to think about local businesses when they take whatever they have that they can spend, uh, that they spend it locally to try and support uh, these businesses. Okay, so your question about what, what does the future look like? Despite all of this gloom and doom from last year, and that's all for good reason, um, I'm extremely optimistic about our future. I mean, just look at what we have inherently. Um, as Monica was mentioning, we have great climate, right? We have a diverse uh, economy. We have incredible people. We have a lot going for us. So I think as soon as we have a real confidence that we have defeated the pandemic, and certainly the vaccine is giving us greater confidence each and every day, I suspect investment will come. I suspect people uh, will figure out what the new equilibrium is and then move forward. Um, what I worry about are other communities that don't have the blessings of San Diego, that don't have all that we have either naturally or that we've built for ourselves as assets. Those are the places that I worry about. But long-term, I always bet on San Diego. We are a good bet. Definitely. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot on our podcast, you know, about how local restaurants, you know, local businesses, small businesses, they are the places that make our communities feel like home. And, and the landscape is going to inevitably change because of everything that's happened to us in the past you know, year with the pandemic. So um, Mayor Gloria, will you tell us, like, I'm sure you've, you've heard some personal stories from restaurateurs or business owners um, over the past year. Are there any of those stories that just really stick with you, um, really strike a chord with you know, just how personal these experiences have been for people? Yeah, you know what? Um... There's a lot, you know, I've tried to do my own shopping of local um, and, uh, you know, you get, a, you get a story or two as they hand you your, your bag full of food um, or while you're waiting in line uh, to be served. But I think the one that stands out the most to me, just because it was a sustained conversation about this issue, was an opportunity I had uh, to meet uh, with the Restaurant Association's board of directors um, a number of months ago and to just go around, well, I guess it's around the table, but really around the Zoom, um, uh, of folks one by one saying what this has meant to them, how many businesses they've closed temporarily, how many they've closed permanently, how many folks they had to lay off, what their projections are in terms of loss of profit or revenue, and what they're thinking about going forward. And just person after person, and mind you, these are people I have in many cases known for years and years. I know how hard they've worked to build up their business or businesses. And to hear that I've laid off 100 people, 400 people, 1,000 people, you know, my, my profits are going to be 10% of what they were last year, 17% of what they were last year. It really paints a picture of just how 
hard hit the restaurant industry has been. And then as a consequence, part of why the city is in the financial position it currently is in and why we so desperately needed President Biden's financial relief. Um, and then also very much a sense of that we're in this together, right? And that's, I guess, always my message for certainly the restaurant industry and the hospitality industry generally. San Diego's economy is kind of like a three-legged stool, right? We have our military and government spending. We have our innovation economy, the biotechs, the pharmaceutical companies, life science, research, uh, manufacturing. And then we have the hospitality industry, tourism, hotels, events, museums, uh, those kinds of folks. If they're not healthy, if they're not succeeding, then we're not going to be healthy. We will not succeed. And so we're in a partnership. And so long-winded answer to your question, but I just... I think about just to a person around that that screen and just hearing those numbers and just putting it in stark relief how horrible this has been. Um, but you know what, restaurateurs, as I've come to know over the years, are very optimistic people. I know some people say that that's kind of you have to be one in order to be in the restaurant business. And as di- as dire as those statistics were, I think each of them expressed optimism that 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 they'll make it uh, and that they look forward to welcoming guests back to the restaurants as soon as 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 is safe yeah they're yeah. not they're nothing if, if if not resist that resilient absolutely yeah so, i was gonna say we've talked to some good ones who have really um you know had that that good outlook moving forward and it's crazy to think like they've been just you know obstacle after obstacle but they just want their business back and they just want to get back on the saddle you know same with craft brewers i mean they've come together so much you know, one of the things I think about, you mentioned before about resilience, um, ingenuity. You know, one of the things my partner and I have enjoyed the most um, is, you know, we live in Mission Hills, uh, sort of Baja Mission Hills, not the fancy part you may be thinking about. We're basically just above Lucha Libre. And, uh, you know, there's this vacant, the old Pier 1 uh, store, if you know it, uh, down on Hancock Street, that uh, Cucina Urbana and Snake Oil Cocktail combined to do sort of a pop-up restaurant there during the summer, fall time. And it was magnificent. We just loved it. Now, in part, it's because we could walk there from our home. Um, but probably more so, you just saw something come together in a period of real turmoil and uncertainty, right? And so sort of speaking that optimism, the resilience, uh, the ingenuity to find this sort of pairing to put people to work, right? I think at the core, I don't, I'm, not, I'm pretty certain neither of them made a great deal of money, if any money, uh, but they put people to work. They created a dining experience that kept us in touch with two brands that we really like. I think we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. And that's, again, a cause for optimism for what the future of restaurants in San Diego um, may look like. Well, we don't want to ask you to play favorites, but are there any other you know, go-to neighborhood restaurants that you just loved being in that you're just really looking forward to going back to? Well, so, uh, you know, I just... As mayor, I love all of our restaurants equally. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be very busy going from restaurant to restaurant, sir. Oh, you know, my waistline shows you I have not missed a meal <laughs> during this pandemic, let me tell you. Uh, you know, I've been kind of on a, on a Mexican kick lately, and I've just been feeding that habit through some great businesses. You know, Ortega's and Hillcrest is always my go-to, and they have really set up, I think, a wonderful sort of space in that parking lot um, that has been great. Uh, Tahone, which is also within walking distance of my home in Old Town. Uh, we were just there the other night. It's fabulous. Um, and, uh, you know, down, I got this new job. I don't know if you know. I have this new gig. And so in my new office, uh, you know, right here on C Street in downtown, there's a Coles Brothers, uh, which is a taco shop on C Street. Fabulous. Wonderful. Go check it out. But um, I guess it's all sort of under this 
kind of tear I've been on of, uh, of uh, uh, Mexican restaurants or sort of a uh, uh, Latin themed uh, restaurants lately. And an important question now that you're mayor, will you continue to judge the Sono Chili Fest? Oh my God. It is so funny you mentioned that because <laughs> that is one of my favorite community events. I'm sorry. The answer is yes, if they'll have it. And uh, if for any of your, I, I imagine if they're tuned into this podcast, they know about Sono, but my God, I mean, that's in December. I have extreme optimism that event can happen based on our current trajectory of infection rates and vaccinations. Oh, Candace, hold me back from going back to that event. <laughs> I will be the first, I'll bring a lawn chair. I'll be there like 7 a.m. just to experience every second of it. That event is awesome. And the chili is great. Um, and as you probably know, uh, the proceeds go to benefit McKinley Elementary in the North Park area. So uh, yeah, let's book that. Huh? Let's get that on calendar right now. It should be early December. Perfect. You're going to turn it into like a three week event. <laughs> oh, you know what? I got access to permit granting authority. So, <laughs> no, no, give me a call. Let's figure this out. But, you know, so I, much chili. I know folks have been cooped up. I, I think uh, the second that we kind of get the general all clear, uh, people are going to go out and enjoy it. And, and I look forward to that. I think that's going to be great. And just, you know, let's, let's ease into it. It's like a slow fade into, into what this looks like, you know, do, do the mass thing, do your part. We don't want to fall back. I woke up this morning, just stunned to see the news about Italy going back into closure, right? Think about all the great restaurants in that country, right? Uh, we don't want that to happen here. I'm reasonably confident it won't, um, but it'll be because of a combination of science and then the personal behavior of individuals and businesses who are helping us to follow the public health rules so that we don't have to go back in lockdown status. Uh, let's keep moving forward. Let's, uh, let's meet for a chili bowl on, uh, <laughs> on 32nd Street uh, this, uh, this uh, fall. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Mayor. It's an honor to talk to you. Absolutely. Good luck to everybody. Hang in there. Be safe, okay? Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find coverage on every topic that we talked about today on NBC7.com and in our Eater San Diego and NBC7 Roundups, which publish every Friday on the scene section of NBC7.com. I'll also share highlights from this episode in my podcast show notes on NBC7.com. And Candace will have a post about our conversation with Mayor Gloria on SanDiego.Eater.com. So be sure to check those out too. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to Scene in San Diego on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher, wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. We'll be back in a few weeks. Talk to you then.